0: I call my story the Mother Connection. Um, Mother's Day is difficult for me in the way of greeting cards. Uh, I don't like to shop for Mother's Day cards because my story isn't so sweet. It's not bad, but it's not sweet. So I can't get a card that says anything. Yeah, you drew me up. You did all. Because eh, that didn't happen. But I don't want to get one that's so plain that she might be a little offended. You know. So it's always hard. So. When Tommy and I finally had kids, it was much easier to buy grandmother cards. But you know what? I shared this story in this way on Mother's Day uh, about three or four years ago, maybe five. Even now, as my kids are getting older, the grandmother cards are hard to buy. Because the grandmother cards still say, you know, there are sweet things that they say, and they still really don't fit for us. So a little bit more about that. So we didn't get a card. We'll call. We'll call this afternoon, that's what we're going to do. It can be very frustrating. And so the other reason why Mother's Day is difficult for me is because I really wasn't mothered. Even though I have two mothers, I have a biological mom and I have my grandmother who also adopted me. So my grandmother is my mother by blood and then she is also my grandmother, so that's kind of neat. Uh, I've had a couple of last names before I even got married, so uh, that's kind of neat, too. But uh, the definition of a mother is to give birth to or produce to protect or to nurture or and or. Obviously, I was born. I was probably protected in some way because I'm here, but I wasn't really nurtured. There are many different faces of motherhood, as you just saw here today. And today I want to share what motherhood looked like to me from a child's perspective. By the way, my greatest moment of being a mom was probably getting the baby out. <laughs> <laughs> I could not fathom how that was going to happen. And uh, we waited about five years with some other things that happened in between. and. Um, I think that just went the yeah, just keep going, The thing. Fine. Anyway, and, uh, but you know, the pains start coming. You get rushed to the hospital, and you lay there. And you know, I was so modest, you know, because the water's breaking and trying to hold on to that. And uh, the lady told me, uh, she said, don't worry about it, because this is what I do. I said, but I'm peeing on myself. I mean, I'm wetting, you know, and everything. <laughs> But you know, you just lose all modesty when you're having a baby. you know? Everything's gone. I mean, I'm just saying, guys, so I told my husband she was finally out and had her laying here. And I mean, I'm crying not from pain, but from, "Oh Jesus, thank you that you got her." I don't know how you did it, but you got her out." And I told my husband, I said, "Well, I said, you know everything about me now, right? It's all out there. He said, he said yep. <laughs> so that is amazing. That is amazing, that whole thing. But um, um, I just want to say that I have really enjoyed it. I became a mother late in life. Uh, I was listening to some of the stories, and I was like 41 and 42 with mine. Um, mm, don't try this at home. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, but I'm very thankful that the Lord gave me that opportunity. Uh, as my life began, my mother was still in the process of growing up herself because my mother had me when she was 15 and, uh, she didn't marry my father because he wasn't interested in being a father at that time. Uh, my mother would later become pregnant again and by another man. And this guy happened to be in the army. We grew up in El Paso. So, um, there was an uh, army base there. And at that time, back in the day, you could go and report this guy to his officers, and uh, they would make him take care of his responsibilities. So my grandmother took care of that. And so <laughs> they were married. And uh, he moved her right away to San Antonio, which is where he was from. And uh, so she, they took me, and they took the, my sister, who she was pregnant with at the time. Um, shortly after their marriage uh, my mother's husband, I told you hadn't moved her, but the family, his family was not happy about him being married. They didn't really care for her. They certainly didn't care for me because I was not his. So both her and I were kind of Spare children or stepchildren or whatever. It was very hard. But my mother's husband drank a lot, and he was also abusive uh, emotionally, verbally, physically, all of that. It was so bad that after she had, had had her third child, she tried to run away. And I remember all this. So, you guys, a lot of times I think we think kids are so small that they don't remember things. But I I remember it. And I, I was still under the age of five. Um, but he would always find us. And the reason why he would find us is because she would call my grandmother, and my grandmother would tell him where we were and I think it was because I used to think that was kind of mean but I think she just didn't want us on the streets looking for things you know not being in a home so back home we went the arguing fighting would start again and once I got in the middle of one of their fights and I ended up getting my arm broke and I was probably about three years old then so it was at that point that my mother knew that she needed to get me out of there the problem is she didn't know where to take me and so she literally was going to leave me on a doorstep of a catholic church but she told my grandmother. My grandmother said, don't do that. Let me come get her. So they came to get me at the age of five. And um, they arrived with a beautiful four-foot black dolly at that time. You kids don't know anything about this. But back then, the dolls, they probably walk on their own now. But this doll, <laughs> you, you had to hold her hands and her le- the legs would move. And she was really pretty. So that's what got me in the car. And we headed on back from San Antonio to El Paso and I would say goodbye to my mom. Um, I always thought she would come back and get me, uh, but she never really did. She would call and check in and everything. Uh, living with my grandmother was not the best scenario for several reasons. Uh, we didn't have a lot and she, the husband that brought her to come get me, they had divorced uh, shortly after they came and got me uh, because he was living a different lifestyle. So, okay, I'm gonna move on with that. And uh, so they divorced, but he is quite honestly the only dad, the closest thing to a dad that I know because he would still come by, get me, take me to the park and stuff. So that was really good. But so she worked and she um, cleaned houses and did little things like that. And uh, pretty soon I kind of realized that grandma was doing a little bit of different things. Uh, And so we, all I knew is that we would have visitors and male visitors, and when they would leave, we would have money. And uh, this is kind of how she and her sisters were raised, was to have a plan B in case your husband left you, and that was her plan B. So by now you can imagine my concept of love was very warped. My understanding of love was very warped. We often talk about children not arriving with instructions for parents, but children don't come out with instructions on how to be a child, how to be a person. They look to parents for that. And I just wanna say this because I don't think parents understand how valuable your role is to a child. And um, we need them to, to tell us how to be a girl, how to be a boy. You know, different things that you need to learn, and there's many, many more as you get older. And sometimes a child can be led astray, and they'll never know their worth if that parent is not involved. And it's not always about the things. It's more about you and that relationship. Needless to say, I began to date, and there were several bad habits I picked up because of the influences of my mother and my grandmother. For instance, I thought if a guy hit you, that uh, that really meant that he loved you. I did. And first time I was so happy I got hit. (laughs) Can you imagine? Second time I was like, hmm. And the third time it was on. (laughs) Let me tell you, okay? it was on. Because I was like, I don't know what this is all about, but this ain't happening because I hadn't done anything. I just didn't understand. Fortunately, I was with someone, uh, another couple. And that man stood up for me and that got taken care of. His name was Elijah. Biblical name. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, so we, we, we broke up, and that was the end of that. I never had to go through that again uh, because it wasn't working for me. And because I really wasn't nurtured, I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. I had to go through them. So i really, my poor daughters, it's like, ah, because I just don't want you to have to go through what you, you know, don't have to go through if you don't have to. The lessons were, these lessons were a result of me crying out for love. I had a hole in my heart that needed to be filled. And I had issues with abandonment and rejection. Okay? And these issues, only God can heal. Not, they can't be healed by the love of man. They had to be healed by him. I was searching for love, but in all the wrong places. And many times we walk around. I know I did. I had a sign right here. Girls, listen to me. That said, just love me. Can you just love me? And do you know that that sign can be picked up? By boys Mm -hmm. and people, it will be picked up. She's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I can go over there and I can work my magic right there. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's what we have to watch out for. That's why it's important that parents, a dad is in the life of that daughter Mm -hmm. so that she knows what to look for. You can't play that trick on me. I'm not going for that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then for boys, it's the same thing. I feel sorry for the young men these days because these young girls are brutal. I just cannot believe how these young girls go. And these poor guys, it's like, and if you play sports or something, guys, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hang tight. Just hold on, okay? Hold on. Because these girls, they they know that. We've got these lofty goals in our mind. I want this kind of car, this kind of house. He's going to give it to me. So you guys need to watch out, too. And you need that man in your life and that mom and that dad in your life to kind of help you along so you don't make mistakes. And, you know, my, my, my grandmother told me, don't get pregnant. That's what she told me. What? Seriously, is that all we talk about, pregnancy and diseases? There's so much more to going down that road and being promiscuous, so much more. It makes unhealthy people when we do that. And you know what? I'm talking to some of the adults too, because I know older women, it's the same thing. We're still looking for that love. We're still trying to feel that. I can handle it. I can handle it. I'm a, I'm a woman of the, where are we? The 2000s, whatever. I'm, you know, I can handle this. No, you can't. You really can't. That does come back to hurt you. So. We need to tell our young girls and our young boys, hold it down. Hold it down. There's plenty of time for all that later when you get married and you find that right person. Eh, It sounds old. I know it does, because especially when TV and media, everybody's hitting you with sex, nobody's going to put up on a big billboard, stay abstinent, don't do that. Nobody's going to do that. You're going to keep seeing all that other stuff, but it's just going to run you into the ground, okay? So you may not listen to me today, you may walk off, but I hope somewhere along the line it'll come back to your mind and you'll just kind of say, you know, she's right. I tried that and it didn't work. Um, I left El Paso at the age of 25, realizing that there just had to be something else in life. Of course, you guys know that was 10 years ago. I'm 35 now. I moved to Dallas, (laughs) found a good Bible teaching church, and I got plugged in and had my salvation experience and came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Having that experience gave me the gift of unconditional love and total acceptance through Christ. Uh experiencing God's forgiveness and affirmation was a big thing to me. My whole life changed, but I still had to deal with my mother. And I knew that I visited many times. I tried to talk to her. I tried to talk to my siblings, you know, and I seemed to be the bad guy in their eyes. Um, but I also realized that I couldn't really deal with them anymore. I really had to deal with her somewhere in the process. She and I have become more like sisters rather than mother and daughter. And in doing that. I'm kind of the big sister. That's how bad it is. I'm kind of the big sister. So we're going to fast forward to today. And um, as you know, I take care of my grandmother. She is 94. Uh, She's been with us 11 years in Dallas. She's lived with us for seven. And um, it's hard. Caregiving's hard. And it's very hard to look back and not be very angry with my mother because it's kind of like you didn't take care of me. And you're not taking care of your mother. Mm. Forget me. I'm going to be all right. Mm. But you're not taking care of your mom. I've had to deal with this. I've been sharing this story uh, for about, and I'm really giving y'all a short version, about eight, eight years now. And I started off very, very angry, even though I was sharing good things, but I was still very angry. I'm not so angry anymore because I don't think my mother, she's a very nice lady very nice lady, but I don't think she really understands the damage that she has done because I think she too, her childhood, my grandmother's not very loving at all either. So um, I've had to deal with that. Um, the blessing in caring for your parents, God promises that he will, you will live a better life and a longer life when you obey your parents. And I believe I'm honoring my grandmother by taking care of her. And I'm not going to lie, it's hard. There are mornings where I just I'm gonna go through the roof and my poor family cause they're like, mom, why do you keep you know, getting upset or whatever, but it is very, very hard uh, to see your loved one go through that and then to have to do that because I still got a family I'm trying to raise. My daughter's having a very exciting senior year and uh, her graduation was from El Centro by the way uh, cause she took dual credit or double classes from during high school. So she will graduate from Skyline in a couple of weeks, so we have a lot of graduations to go through. Um, this is where I just want to talk to you a little bit and kind of break this down. Um, and I'll use my thing now. Um, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, is, tells us that we have a place. So no matter how you got here, you have a place in this world. Good. And that verse states that, It's a coming. There we go. Okay. It's not a coming. That's okay. Well, that verse tells us how you came to be and that God knew you even before you and your parents, or not you and your parents, your parents came together. Okay. He knew. He picked those parents. So even if the parents didn't work out, my dad's not around, my mom's not really there, he still wanted them to be my parents. So he placed me in my mother's womb and he placed me where he wanted me to be. In Romans 8:28, it says, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. I think many times, uh, and the reason why he developed, and this is also the reason why he developed a plan for us. We read that verse and it, we think it says, all good things mm-hmm. happen. It's not all good things. It's all things happen for the good of the Lord, of those that love the Lord and according to his purposes. So you have a purpose. He placed you in your mother's womb and you have a purpose. The things that happened had to happen to get you where he wanted you to be. Because in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he has a plan for you, which says, um, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not to cause, and plans for your future and a hope for your future. Um, That is the map of how God is going to get you there. So my map says you will be born to this lady when she's 15. You will not be accepted necessarily. You'll have to get moved to this point. This point's not the best point for you, but this is going to hold you till I can get you where I need you to get. From here, you're going to move to Dallas. You're going to find a church. You're going to get saved. From here, you're going to go through a few things, a few dating upheavals, but that's going to bring you here because I'm preparing your husband for you. He wasn't ready yet. My husband and I have an age difference. He ready now. He ready now. (laughs) Tell it, tell it. So when he came along, I was like, Lord, I was so angry. What are you doing? This is not what I asked for. He said, actually, Vaughn, you didn't ask me for anything. You just said you wanted a husband. You didn't give me specifics. But you knew that, Lord. You know that. No, this this is what I know. This man is going to be your husband. I told Tommy, I said, you didn't even know what hit you. Because I said, you probably didn't even know why you were chasing this old lady. (laughs) He said, yes, I did. He's always been like that. But so you're going to marry You're going to stay together. He's going to be in ministry and you're going to have kids after this point of time. First one's going to come. Two miscarriages, by the way, two miscarriages, which are very painful, but I'm running out of time. First one comes. Second one comes. Second one came because I didn't know how to prevent the second one. (laughs) Ah! But anyway, (laughs) I told Tommy, I said, I'm pregnant again. He goes, really? He went just like that. But anyway, here comes the second one. Second one has downs. I'm like, okay, Lord, I had made a couple of decisions early on in my life, and I said, I get it. This is payback for that. Lord slapped me around. He said, this has nothing to do with what you did. So don't ever connect what you did with what happened. Okay? Don't ever do that. I left Tommy in the room. I went to my bed, and I laid, now I always get this word wrong, prostrate. Prostrate. (laughs) And I said, Lord, Lord, how could you do this to me? And he said, this has nothing to do with you. He says, this has everything to do with what I have planned for her. And I picked you and Tommy to be your parents. Because remember what I told you? He picks your parents who he wants to be with you. Okay, so we move on from there. So we go on through life and then we find that my grandmother needs help. Tommy says, go get her, because I had to go uh, several times. My mother and I would switch to go help her, but my mother always had to run back. I never understood that. That's a whole other story. I would be the one left to take care. Well, one time I had to stay two weeks. I have two girls, you guys, Tommy and the hair. (laughs) (laughs) I came back, and he said, you need to go get her. Praise God. I went and got her, did not know how we were going to get her here. Financially, she was not uh, together, but we got her here. We went down that road on I-10 heading uh, west and or north west, west. I'm sorry. And I said, Lord Jesus, how did I don't even know you haul truck behind us and we're just a driving. I don't even know how she got here. She's here. She stayed by herself for four years. And then after four years, we realized she kind of needed some help. So we brought her with us. I thought temporarily till I could get her situated perhaps in a home. Well once she's with me I realize I don't really want her in a home I don't know how they're going to treat her yeah. you know I, I know how angry I get I can't imagine how frustrated they're going to get in there so because um, so my mother has my grandmother has psoriasis and if you anybody struggles with that she doesn't take care of them so there's like little oatmeal all over the place it's constant vacuum constant so we have to take care of that and there are other things but we're really blessed. I did get angry with my mom because I really felt like she should come help. My grandmother's been here 11 years, and um, she's been here twice, two times. We've taken her down there, left her with my mother so we could go have a vacation, but I've only done that twice, and we did it last year, and I told my husband, I said, I'm not doing this again. Can Big Mama handle the road? She can handle it like a trooper. It ain't no problem, but I just don't think it's right. Why should I have to take her there? She needs to be in her own environment. Mm-hmm. And you come and see her. But my mother is, I think, very involved with my siblings because my siblings, we're all in our 50s, uh, except me. But, um, got to keep my lies together. <laughs> but we're all in our 50s and they're still having issues, and she's really concerned with them. And I think she thinks that Vaughn's okay. Vaughn's all right, so she doesn't worry about me, but I need her. She sends money. We don't need money, people. We need her to come here. I need help. I just need you to come, you know, here and there. And so I've talked to her, and I asked her, did something happen? Is, is Were you raped? Do I look like him? What is the connection? And my mother said to me, No, she said, I made a mistake. I should not have separated you from your siblings. Okay, guys, I don't know if you get that, if you've been listening to me. That is not the problem. I don't care. I don't hate to say I don't care about my siblings, but that is not the issue. I can't get with them till I can get with her. I can't get that connection till I can get this connection. We are not connected. This is not normal. This is not normal, and I don't understand what happened. And furthermore, you're not connected to your mother. Really, you know, she calls once a week on Sunday, and this is not to dirt her, but she calls once a week every Sunday. And I told my husband, I said, seems like she would call me on Monday and say, you know, I was talking to Big Mama yesterday and she just seems a little, no, she doesn't, she doesn't really. We've talked about that, but it, I had to bring it up. She didn't. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, you try something, you try something, and pretty soon it's just not, that's just not the way it's going to be. It's never going to be. A football. I want it to be a, foot, a, bas- a football, and it's a basketball. It's never going to happen. Can't make those two things turn into the other. So, he has my plan, and so how do you get over this? How do you get back to where you need to be? You literally have to take some steps to get, throughout, through, to get through your journey. I call it a GAMO, but my husband says that's not an acronym. Okay, fine. It's not. It's not because it should go. But here's the thing the A stands for acknowledge. You have to acknowledge that pain, that hurt. You have to. You have to say, just sit down and say, you know, this hurt me, Lord. Why did you do that? I don't understand. This hurts. acknowledge that. and I think a lot of times we're afraid to acknowledge it. We have too much pride and we're not going to, but he knows everything anyway. He He knows why you're acting like you're acting. He knows why you feel like you feel. You cannot hide anything from him. The next thing you have to do is grieve the cause of that pain. And it's like a funeral because you have to say bye-bye. I had to say bye-bye to my mom. We still talk. We still talk when we talk, but I have that, that dream of mine to have that connection. It's not going to happen. It just isn't, it's too late. And I've got to pull my energies into my kids because I want to make sure I'm not sliding them anything, you know, not giving them what they need. So I want to be a good mom for them. But you have to grieve, you really do. And once you grieve, here's the mole. you got to move on. Mm-hmm. You know what, because I think a lot of us spend too much time looking in that rearview mirror At the past and we cannot go forward. And do you know what happens if you stay like this? You're going to run into somebody. You're going to hit somebody. And God never meant for us to stay back there. You use those to help you, mold you, shape you, um, uh, sharpen you. But then you have to go back forward because that front window of that car is way bigger than that little bitty mirror over there. Okay, that front mirror. He has so much more for you. And I would just hate for you to miss out on that. So we have to stop holding on to the things we can't change. And more importantly, you got to make that Jesus connection. Good. If you don't make that Jesus connection, you're not going anywhere. And people listen to me. Why not? Because when this thing is all over, and I'm not a theologian, so I don't know the order, but I know the rapture and how that's going to happen. I just wonder... What's going to happen to the people that don't believe while we're heading up and going and you're going to be turning around? I mean, you've seen the movies, right? Well, what happened? What happened? I don't know. You know, and I don't want you to look back because it might be too late. It will be too late. It will be too late. And really. This is not all there is. I think we stay here. Our cars, our homes, this, that, then the other. But this is not all there is. There's so much more coming. And if you're in his will, living under his power, his ruling, it's going to be good and you will be blessed. I have been blessed. I, 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 my husband and I, we have been together 23 years and I'm so thankful that is by the grace of God. It's not been easy for him because I know I've been a handful. And then my girls, my daughters, you know, they have been great. I'm just really blessed to have them. I didn't think I was going to be able to have kids, and I had to let that. I had to grieve that. I had to say, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. But then it came, and, you know, I still grieve, not still grieve, but my special needs child, you know, sometimes I just say, Lord, you know, why did you? But you know what? If she was not special needs, you know, you have one good kid and one bad kid, she would be the bad one. I can tell you right now. We've talked about that. She would be the bad one. She would run me, run me nuts. So, because um, she runs me nuts now. So I, I am going to close and just say that um, I hope that whatever thing that you're holding on to, and it doesn't have to be motherhood. It may be, I don't know, a job. It may be whatever it is. You know, I hope you let it go. And I hope you turn and look to Jesus and let him take care of you and get you through that, whatever it is, you know. And if it is a mom and uh, or if you had a a great mom and a great mom relationship, love on that mom. If your mom is not here and you had a great relationship, praise God. You've got those memories. Hold on to that. She's not here, but you had that time. I can't buy a grandmother or a mom. I tried to buy them. I can't buy one me, and I miss that dearly, but I've got these two girls, and I'm going to love on them for the rest of their lives and my life. City Church, I think that's all I have. Awesome. <laughs>